Agata, the productized people. It's really great to be here, and thanks a lot, Andre, for having us at this great event. Uh, in the next session, Christina and I will give you uh, practical examples for how you can maintain a healthy product culture while your organization grows. And you will also find all these uh, bits and pieces on the handouts uh, you'll find on your seats. And you can trust us, we are speaking from first-hand experience because we've tried them all out at Xing. And in case you don't know Xing, uh, we are the leading professional network in the German-speaking markets. But more importantly, in the context of this uh, presentation, we're also one of the larger agile product organizations in Germany and probably also in Europe. And since we too joined several years ago, we've seen uh, our team of colleagues grow, which is a really nice thing. Also, the company grew nicely. And um, we formed business units for more accountability and to give more focus. And this focus has, of course, also reflected on how we do product management, because the product managers would, of course, also act mainly within their business unit. And when you zoom in a little bit more, uh, you'll see that, of course, the product managers within a business unit don't all sit around one table, but they sit with their cross-functional teams, because that's how you develop uh, software nowadays, right? Uh, so all this is great, and it's a great opportunity, I think, for everybody to sit like this, because you can learn from the developers on your team, from the designers, from the QA, from the agile coaches. But there's one downside to it, unfortunately. And that is that as a, uh, as a craft, we somehow had lost touch because we were you know, spread across the building and we really had the impression we were missing something. And then that's when about three years ago, together with our CPO and some other colleagues, we decided to change this and to actively work on our product culture and really get us uh, back into touch and connect us again. And that's maybe the first learning to take away from this presentation. So when your organization grows, and I think, I mean, we all work for companies who aim to grow, um, you should not take for granted that the product culture that you have within your product organization will automatically adjust to this growth, but you need to actively and consciously work on it to make it work. And we did this in several areas, but there are two areas that are particularly important. And those are the areas that we will talk about today. So first of all, the question is, even though you're spread out in a large organization, how can you make sure that every product manager gets better every day and that we learn from each other? And secondly, how can we make sure that we are well aligned in all our initiatives across the organization? But first of all, let's hear what Christina can tell us about learning. Yes, thank you. So, learning for product managers is really not like classical learning at schools. So we are adults to start with, right? But also, the standard product manager is already very motivated and very performance-oriented. We read books, we go to conferences, we want to get better in our daily work. So, in a sense, what really brings us forward is all about bringing good people together and growing together. So, I'm very sure that everybody here in the room is familiar with the build-measure-learn cycle, so no need to go into details. But actually, you can apply the build-measure-learn cycle also to learning for a product organization. So that is, just try a method or a tool that looks promising, see if it works and if people want more of this. If not, try to modify it or drop it and try something new. And I'm going to show you now a variety of the things that we have tried. So let's start with a thing that did not work for us, a learning marketplace. 
So we saw that our product managers came in having different experiences. So some had already used a certain tool in a previous company, some had just read a book and tried out a new canvas. And so we thought, why not let them simply have an exchange about this? So we set up a very little simple profile where every product manager would claim the topics he already knows quite well and would be able to hold a small internal workshop or class about. And on the other hand, the product managers should list the topics they would be interested in learning more about. So it went, as it sometimes does, with, with uh, such things. You set it up, you make sure you have a good example, you get it going. Then you send a reminder. Then you send another reminder. And then in the end, somehow you realize that people just don't make use of the possibility. So we assume that the learning marketplace didn't work for us because the format was kind of too loose. So we pivoted. And out of the learning marketplace, we developed training days and a bar camp. So at Xing, we have certain kind of themes or focus topics that guide us through one year. This can be things like small screen, so not just native mobile app development, but also web usage on mobile devices, or freemium. So Xing offers a free basic membership, but also a couple of additional paying premium memberships. So as an organization, if you have such themes or focus topics for one year, obviously you have to make sure that they are fully understood by your employees and more so by the product managers because they will mostly execute them together with their team. So for those training days uh, around a certain focus topic, we have then uh, a group of people or a team that knows uh, most about that topic that then organizes a full day as a training. And a part of those training is done kind of in school style. But also we make sure to include many collaborative sessions. So on the one hand, this prevents people from, you know, just leaning back and waiting what else will come up. On the other hand, we saw really good results when people work together who don't collaborate on a daily basis. And really it's a huge opportunity to have all product managers united in one room, really coming from all different business units and working together jointly on one topic. If we do group work, we usually do that in very small groups so that real exchange and debate can happen. Then afterwards, the working groups present their results, followed by a classical dot voting. The other thing that we developed out of the learning marketplace is a bar camp we organized a full day as a mini-conference. So each session took 45 minutes, and we had two tracks in parallel so that people could choose according to their interests. We treated topics like story mapping or some research methods that we had tried, like the so-called diary studies, or also a design sprint. Also, we asked uh, colleagues from user care, analytics, and UX to contribute so that we had a large variety of topics to offer. After such training days, we usually send around a very simple survey, simply asking how people like the day and what can be improved for the next time. And for example, about the bar camp, really 100% of the participants stated that they liked it a lot and that we should definitely do that again. And so, of course, we are happy to do so and have now established one more element in the yearly training planning. Xing also regularly meets with uh, other companies such as Spotify, the BBC, or Intercom 
to exchange insights on working modes, how the organization is set up, how mobile development is handled, how discoveries are done, and so on. So we have a simple list where people fill in the companies they would be interested in meeting, and also mention the ones where they already have a point of contact. Then what we also do is we see if visiting a conference in another city can be combined with meeting some of the local companies. Then it's usually a rather small group of people that does the exchange, and what has been proven most successful is if people meet who are more or less on the same level of experience so that a real fruitful exchange can happen. And what, for example, Spotify told us and what we found really interesting is that because of the questions we kept asking to understand how they work, they started reflecting on themselves even more and also seeing their own organization a bit in a different light. And after such exchanges, the results and what we learned then um, get presented to the other product managers who didn't participate so that actually everybody can benefit from those learnings. And by the way, for next year, we plan to marry two of our initiatives, and that is do a bar camp together with two or three other companies. And so we're going to do that in Germany, but maybe there are some amongst you here who want to try the same in Portugal. So a while back, our CPO had set up quarterly meetings with every product manager, where the product managers would uh, tell him about what exactly they worked on, which research they conducted, what they found out, and so on. And we realized very soon that the answers to those questions are actually very relevant and valuable to all product teams. Because what we saw is that the more we grew, the less we were aware of all the things that were happening inside all of the different product teams across all the business units. And while the CPO and the product managers jointly decided to stop those quarterly meetings after a while because they felt a bit like making a report, we still kept the two main questions. And that is, which success assumptions could be validated or falsified? And what else did you find out about our users? And with the answers to those questions, I now send out a so-called learning newsletter every few weeks. So the product managers from the different teams answer the two mentioned questions and give a bit of background information to understand the situation. And then also there's the kind of editor's pick with the three most astonishing results. And what I found really nice is that after each send out, I kept receiving emails from colleagues from other departments asking to be added to the email distribution list. To make sure that we are aware not only of interesting internal findings, but also about the external ones, we have a very simple tool, which is a simple exchange group. So it's just a kind of closed group on Xing.com for the product managers, where we share interesting articles and discuss facts and figures and the latest industry news. So I'm pretty sure that everyone here in the room is aware about onboarding and how crucial it is for a new colleague's success. So a product manager is a specialist for his area. He knows the market, he knows the customers, and he works very closely on executing the company's strategy with his team. 
So when a product manager leaves a company, there's a huge risk that a lot of this very valuable knowledge gets lost. So when preparing for leaving a company, offboarding, a very promising way is to approach this like a product manager. And that is, have your customer, aka your successor, in mind and try to provide him or her with the best possible handover. Also make sure you check your onboarding criteria because your offboarding should match this. And one of our former colleagues has written a nice little article about offboarding on Medium. We put the short link on your handout so that you can read through all the tips in detail later if you like. So probably all of you, all of you here know the situation that there are just so many research methods and tools and canvas and whatnot that you never know which one is actually the right one for your product and you in a specific situation. And we have that too. So to help us product managers and to strengthen the collaboration between product and UX, our UX department set up this nice little book, the Experiments Handbook. So they describe a variety of methods and give some nice examples. We brought five copies of the book down there, so the fastest of you can get them here after our talk, but also it's available on Amazon if you like. The user feedback coffee is a tool we can really highly recommend to every company of every size. It's basically like speed dating with your users. And it works like this. You have one user in each of the four corners of a room, and then a team who wants to show a small prototype or test a smaller feature has 15 minutes with the user. Then after 15 minutes, a bell rings and the teams rotate so that after one hour, all teams have spoken to all four users. And usually we do two sessions, one after the other, so that after two hours, you have spoken to eight users. This is a super cheap, test method, everybody can do it, and it's really valuable to get first impressions and directions from real users. In 2015, our CPO had set up an initiative he named PUX. So, PUX, you may ask, but no, it's actually product at Xing. So, as a part of PUX, we defined a North Star. So, that means the principles and values we want to work towards. That can be things like factualize, challenge assumptions, build for outcome, come, and some more. Each of those principles has subtracts that we aim to fulfill. We have four people per quarter taking care of the PUX project and developing it further. And also, we have monthly PUX meetings followed by a joint lunch for all product managers. And one part of these PUX meetings is the so-called kudos. A product manager can give a kudo to the other product managers who did a particularly good job regarding our principles and values to even reinforce them even more. And the reward is then usually a 25 euros voucher for Amazon or other companies. Also, as part of the PUX project, we do regular surveys to find out in which area we are already doing quite a good job, we think, and in which other areas we would still like to improve. And one of those latter ones that kept popping up regularly was Strahlkraft. 
So with Strahlkraft, fantastic German word, right? We mean going out, having an exchange, speaking, about, uh, speaking on conferences about our work. So yes, Anne and I can tick that one off now. But now seriously, what is really valuable for us about going out and speaking is that we get a lot of feedback that we can then again incorporate. So again, if you have feedback for us, if you have suggestions on, or ideas, please do get in touch. You have our contact details on the handout as well, and we are really interested in hearing from you. And the other theme that kept coming up regularly was alignment. So we felt we were not aligned yet. And Arne will tell you more about that part. Thank you, Christina. Um, yeah, indeed, I want to talk to you about alignment because I believe, or we believe, that the ability to create alignment is a super important skill for product managers to have nowadays. So, uh, uh, you know, watch this, <laughs> so to speak. Um, um, why do we actually care about alignment? There's two main reasons. One is alignment helps to avoid waste. And why is that? Because if you are not well aligned, you may find out very late when you, when you are in a product initiative that the people you collaborate with had a slightly different understanding of what their role was or what they were actually uh, meant to contribute or for when, or they just understood the why you were doing it differently. So that's what you don't want. Or also, once you've uh, released something, and you may be happy that you, that you managed to uh, get a 10% increase, but you then have your CFO rushing in and saying, oh, but I thought this was going to be a 10x thing. Well, then it's too late to, to you know, talk about uh, all of this. So you really want to uh, make sure that you don't get into trouble and, and creating ways of having to redo things or, or other trouble. At the same time, alignment is also important if you want autonomy. And uh, I think we all want autonomy in how we work with our teams. We don't want anybody else to tell us how to prioritize, how to work, and so on. But the tricky thing is autonomy is not something that you can take as a given because you're the CEO of your product. You're not. Like this, I don't believe in the CEO of your product thing. Uh, instead, autonomy is something that you can earn if people trust you and if people understand where what you're, what you're doing is actually heading towards and why you're doing it. Uh, so in other words, the better product managers are aligned about the why and the what of their product, the more autonomy they will be granted with regards to how to build it. And that's what we want in the end, right? And over time, we uh, tried out uh, different methods of how to uh, get better at alignment. And the first of them, some of you may have heard about it, goes by the beautiful German name of Auftragsklärung. There's even a YouTube video of some of you uh, trying to say it. Uh, I'm not sure if, if those of you are in the room. Anyways. Um, I can tell you, tell you later over a beer uh, why we like to call it with this strange German name and what that has to do with Prussian army tactics from the 19th century. I'll spare you that for now. What you should remember is that Auftragsklärung is a framework for bottom-up alignment in a collaborative way. And that's what I like about it, because most other alignment frameworks that you find in literature, they're basically about top-down alignment. They're about, like, how can I, as a boss, make sure that the people do what I want and understand what I want. And this is also important. Like, this is an important part of guidance. And also, as Xing, we do have, like, a vision, a mission. We have annual goals. So I'm not saying anything against, like, top-down uh, alignment, but we thought we needed something in addition. And that's where we use Auftragsklärung. And when we talk about alignment, there are actually three dimensions in which you need to align. I mean, first of all, upwards with 
senior stakeholders, management, and so forth, because what you want to find out as early as possible when you set off for an initiative is what their expectations are. And you might find out that different stakeholders have different expectations, so it's important to know that so you can actually point that out. Or you may find out that they, their expectations are completely unrealistic. So then you can already start getting into expectation management, which is also better done earlier than later. Secondly, you need to align laterally with all those teams and, and specialists that are supposed to contribute to your initiative. And basically make sure they're clear about the why and about their role and so forth. And last but seriously not least, you need to align inwards with your team. So your teammates need to know why they are coming to work every day and uh, why it actually is that you're building what you're currently building. And the question now is how do you bring all these people together? Well, and our uh, best approach we could find is to have a canvas for it. And that's not so much because the world needs more canvases, but because a canvas can really help to externalize what's on people's minds. And that's what you need in order to talk about it. And also through its structure, the canvas can force you to ask the tricky questions up front and not shy away from them. Because that's what otherwise you would do. You know, you maybe start discussing something and then you find out, oh, okay, this is difficult, or maybe we talk about it later. But you shouldn't postpone the tricky questions. You should especially uh, clarify the tricky questions up front. And I can now not show you the whole, uh, whole canvas. You can see it on the flip side of the handout. I'll talk about the two most tricky questions, in my opinion. And the first question is the question for intent. And there's an author uh, from the UK called Stephen Bungai who nicely refers to the question for intent as the Spice Girls question. What do you really, really want? And that's actually what you should be asking yourself as well as those people that you align with over and over again. And it sounds like a very, very simple question, but you will find out when you talk to people that everybody has a slightly different uh, thing that they really, really want. And in the end, still, you need to come to one uh, intent um, that, that you define and that you can use as a reference point. And that should ideally not be a two-pager, but it should fit into a tweet, an old-school tweet, by the way. The second tricky question to answer as soon as you can is the question for outcome. And Jordan nicely pointed out earlier that, of, of course, outcome matters more than output. That's also one very important value uh, for us. And so it's, it's important to be clear about which needle you want to move and how much you want to move it by when. And uh, when you think about which needle you move, it should ideally not be something as broad as, say, activity, user growth, uh, revenue, something like that, because probably everybody in your company will be working towards those outcomes. That's fine. You, you will also contribute. But what you, what you should pick is something much more specific that's directly tied into your uh, initiative that you're going to do. And um, defining what your ambition level is for this outcome is also super important. And this is something I struggled with initially, and I was also discussing this with our CPO, because he always said, yeah, Anne, but like, what's your ambition level, and by, one, uh, by when do you want to reach it? And I said, Tim, there's so much uncertainty, and we haven't even done the discovery. How should I really know, uh, you know what's a realistic uh, ambition level to, ha to have? And he said, well, it's not about uh, whether it's really, really realistic, given all this uh, uncertainty, but it's still important to share what, what's in your guts, basically. What, what, what is basically your starting point for setting off uh, to this? And so you can also talk about that with others. So that's why I think uh, outcome is really important to define and ideally really should be defined before any further um, um, effort is spent onto a product initiative. Another format that we do is much simpler than Auftragsklärung. We call it the director's cut, and we started doing it 
when we realized that as we grew, more and more product managers found out too late what was going on in other departments. And sometimes that had the effect that basically two teams were trying to tackle similar, quest, uh, similar problems at the same time, and that's of course not the, that's the type of waste we want to avoid, right? So what we now do is that every quarter we get all product people into a room, and for 90 seconds every product director presents the main initiatives in their area for the next upcoming quarter. And that's of course very high level, but nevertheless, it, oops, sorry, it makes sure uh, that everybody in the room has an overview of all the important initiatives within half an hour. And then the second part is even more important, that's when people step closer and uh, start talking about these things, because that's what, it, what this meeting is all about. It's about triggering a dialogue between the people that should be talking. It's not about the information as such, that the information we also have on Jira and, and on Confluence, but if people don't know what they are looking for, they will not find it. So you, you have to initiate the dialogue. That's what we do here and what has really helped us. And coming to the last uh, tool, that's actually a tool we apply if during the alignment process uh, no agreement can be made. And that's totally okay, because just to state that clearly, alignment is not uh, about agreeing with everybody. Alignment is about clarity. And sometimes you just need to force a decision uh, so that everybody is clear what, what the direction is. And, uh, but that's a difficult thing, of course, because we all like each other as colleagues, and it always seems a little bit weird to say, oh, no, I'm escalating to superiors. But you always have to keep in mind that uh, when, when you're in a process, and for instance, two product managers, uh, one from my team and one from a completely different department, try to uh, get an alignment, and they cannot agree, then that's maybe because they have conflicting goals. And that, then it's okay that they cannot resolve them and take it one, uh, one level up. So we are really trying to see escalation as a fruitful way of getting to decisions more quickly. And it's relatively simple uh, to do that. So first of all, the first rule is, if you notice that you cannot come to an agreement, then, then don't let this block yourself or others, but escalate as quickly as you can. But ideally, don't do it behind your colleague's back, but agree that you don't agree and then do it together because that's definitely nicer for the relationship with your colleague. And when you do that and you take it up one level or sometimes you may even need to take it several levels up, be clear about what's unclear. Really help those that you expect a decision on a certain boundary from to, to really point out what it is that you need help with. And lastly, for those that help make this decision, they should really only make that one decision, but then hand the topic back to the people in charge. So it's, this is kind of not the starting point of, of micromanaging from the top, but it's just really helping set new boundaries for unclarity and then letting, letting the people whose job it is uh, move on. So talking about moving on, uh, we hope that you found the examples that we gave you uh, helpful and uh, have an interest in, in trying them out, or maybe you have uh, had other, uh, have tried out other methods in your own organization. In any case, we're really, really looking forward to your feedback and exchanging with you later at the party. And uh, lastly, one, on a personal note, um, I will be moving to Porto uh, at the end of this year because Xing is opening an office there, so if there are any uh, of you here from Porto, then I'm really happy to connect later on with you at the party. Thanks a lot. Muchas gracias. Thank you.